Oh, ho. We forgot some good news at the beginning. Oh, my goodness, look at this. The new album by Beth Gowdy. Come on. I was at this gig making a lot of noise in the background, knocking things over and all of that stuff. You can probably hear me if you listen very carefully. <laughs> this is superb. If you want to get one of these for Christmas, get in touch with Beth at the back there who is leading our worship today. I have said it time and time again, we are so blessed with the worship teams in this place. Honestly, that the heart and the skill that they've got is absolutely amazing. These are like gold dust, these are. There's only two in the building as we speak. I'll give it to Bryony to look after. Yay, God. Could uh, someone put a little bit of light on? Or I might nod off. It's got to that time of year, hasn't it? Yay, we're almost at the shortest day. Almost there. I think by the time we get to the party, the nights will be... It'll be getting lighter, won't it? That'll be good. That's, that's a nice... Oh, that's better. Let there be light. Yay, God. Yay, God. So, you know, whenever... I've said it before. Whenever I'm speaking to you, I'm never sitting back thinking, oh, what should I talk to them about this week? You know, I only ever say what God is saying to me in that week. Okay? He speaks to me quite a lot. And... Um, and I didn't, certainly did not think, what can I talk about that will be remotely connected to Christmas? Because we don't, okay? We've always said we don't do Christmas very well. Leave that to the established church, you know, all the carols and all of that stuff. We want to celebrate the presence of God every day, every day of the year, not just once a year. And, and it's all probably wrong anyway because he wasn't born in December he was born sometime around the Feast of Tabernacles so which was probably around September so it's it doesn't work okay but having said that we love Christmas my son is coming back from Canada today they should be arriving back at home right now and we're going to have a lovely time eating turkey uh, drinking red wine and generally making merry and I make no apology for it okay <laughs> So, <clears throat> we, the, uh, life has got very, very busy for me recently. Um, those of you who know me, I run a business. We're, my wife and myself are the leaders of the church. And um, also, we've got a rather exciting project on the go, buying five acres of land just up the road. So, I have come to the conclusion that there are various groups of people who are all have certain expectations of me. There's a, set, there's a set of people that expect me to be full-time in the lighthouse. There's a set of people that expect me to be full-time in chart house, American people generally, who can be quite demanding. No offence, Lauren, but we consider you to be English now. We've brought you in. <laughs> and there are a set of people, namely are landowners who expect me to be a full-time property developer and to understand everything about architects, solicitors and uh, all of that sort of stuff. And it's been quite a challenging time. And um, I, I sort of manage fairly well with a task list on Outlook. 
you know, and as things kind of pop into my mind, I just whack it down on there or in my phone and it all kind of comes into one place. But of late, let me say, I have never made it to the end of the things on my task list for that day. It never happens. It never, ever, ever happens. So apologies if you're waiting for me to do something. It may well be that it kind of slipped down or something or slipped into the next day. But, you know, and I got to the stage on Monday, I think last week, uh, which is normally my day off, okay, and I got up in the morning and I thought, oh my goodness, I was so far behind when I stopped working. I've really got to try and knock some of these off first thing. And... um, and uh, I thought, shall I, shall I just do some? Because uh, I think Heather was out. She normally gets quite fierce about having the day off and stuff like that. Um, but I thought I could, I, could knock a few, I could knock a few off before she gets back. Uh, and then, but then I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to leave it. And I'm going to go out for a bike ride with Bryony and Stubbsy. And it was a lovely day. And we just got out in the lovely, it was, one, it was one of those lovely crisp days, you know, where the blue skies and sunshine and a little bit, little bit cold. And there is something about cycling and me that makes me hear the voice of God. I don't know what it is, whether my body goes into essential life support systems only as I'm <laughs> kind of pounding through the 13 miles through the forest and all that, just sort of uh, trying to... Trying to stay on the bike, you know, and all of that stuff. But you, this, it's kind of very repetitive. You can't look at your phone, otherwise you fall off and all of that stuff. And, you, you know, all of this, there's not much else you can do other than just keep cycling. And, you know, I was, I was going around and just in a moment as we came around this beautiful corner, I just heard the Spirit of God drop a little sentence into me as he does uh, periodically and I've learnt to recognise that voice over over the years and just take it seriously and say okay what does that mean and this time you know and you, the more sceptical amongst you may say okay we're, we're nearly in December as we were back then it could have been uh, just me thinking that but I heard the words peace on earth and goodwill to all men I just heard that, I heard that sentence, right? And I knew it was God. I knew, I knew the Father was speaking to me. The Holy Spirit was kind of bringing it to my attention. And so I began to think and I began to just, that, this is what I do. When he drops the little sentence in, I think, what's that about? What, what are you trying to say to me? And it suddenly occurred to me that, you know, so much of the kingdom is about peace, isn't it? And, and this was the very first thing that was declared by the angels following Jesus' birth. Peace on earth. It, it came to the shepherds, didn't they? I mean, we could read that bit. Luke 2, verse 8. So this is me being apologetic. I don't think I've ever preached and made reference to Christmas scriptures before. But it's about Jesus, okay? So, you know, it's all right. So Luke 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, 
which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men and women, one assumes. Gender neutral. Um, <clears throat> these were the first things that were declared as Jesus came. And, and I began to think about it and thought, yeah, how peace is mentioned a lot, actually, in connection with the kingdom. Um, you know, like, th- there's, there's a lot of different things where Jesus came and said, my peace I give to you. And he kind of breathes on people, doesn't he? And his name was the Prince of Peace. And, um, you know, the, uh, well, a lot of scriptures, uh, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against, su- against such, there is no law. You know, it's peace is one of the fruits of being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Very appropriate for this time of year to make sure we don't just focus on that. Um, it's not just a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a big part of what the kingdom is, this peace. So I thought, let's... Uh, let's begin to look at it a little bit. And I'll tell you why it suddenly twigged with me. Because actually, uh, you know, being a, a leader of the church, you become aware of a lot of different things going on because quite often people come to you, rightly so, or someone else comes to you on behalf of someone else. So you get to hear about everything that's going on. And I think there's a lot of anxiety around at the moment. There's, there's a, just a little bit of fear around over certain situations. You know, whether it's health, whether it's financial, whether it's um, whatever. It seems like there is some anxiety around. And I I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to us, you know, he is going to release a sense of peace upon us at this time. It It was a really encouraging message because actually what I felt he was saying was, relax, just relax, chill out. You know, uh, obviously, we've got, I've got some things which I'm really wanting to happen over the next few weeks. So I want to see some breakthrough in a number of different areas. But I felt like he was speaking to me that the solution to all of this is not to get anxious, is not to get into fear, as Bryony was saying, false evidence appearing real, is not to get into that worry or striving, you know, trying to make something happen. You know, we are, we are at the, the threshold of a number of different things happening, and I think each person is, is kind of seeking God for a, for a solution to a particular thing for, for each person, and it's different for each person. But, you know, I think as we put ourselves in that position, and for me, where, where we're at with the various projects, is that there is nothing I can do about it. Okay, really there is nothing I can do about it. We are at a place where we are looking to God and it is only him that can do it. 
It is only him, and it has got to be him. And as, and as soon as I start thinking, oh, maybe I should be doing this or doing that or talking to bank managers or trying to get a loan for this or, or whatever, I, I feel like the check of God come upon me and saying, relax, relax, I've got this. Relax, <laughs> chill, don't do it. And he almost says, don't, don't do it to me. And I feel this is, this is a word to all of us at this time as we come into a little time of feasting um, and family and friends and fun and all of that sort of stuff. He's saying, relax, it's okay. I'm here, I've got this. So, Isaiah 52 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, another Christmas scripture, for, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. You know, having read through, I'm kind of reading through the entire Bible, I kind of circle round and round and round it at different times, and I'm doing the Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time. How much of the Old Testament seems to be kind of, there's a lot of angst in it, isn't there? There's, there's a lot of battles going on, there's a lot of getting it right, getting it wrong, being in favour, being out of favour, and it, it all seems a bit hard work to me, and it often takes quite a long time. And yet when Jesus came, the first thing the angel said was, peace, peace, goodwill to all men. You know, this is good news. And this is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant was really what you could do to make things happen, to make yourself right with God, to be in right keeping with one another. You had to keep the different laws. When Jesus came, he brought an end to that. And he declared at that moment, peace, peace, peace. He is the Prince of Peace. So the old covenant had a lot of turmoil and bloodshed and the new covenant was all about goodwill and peace to all men. I mentioned before in that John 14, 27 where Jesus is getting ready to go back to the Father and uh, he, he gets his disciples together and he says to them in uh, John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I'll come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I. I have told you those things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. And John 20, verse 19 says, Then that same evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them, and said, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, 
I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they'll be forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. You know, Jesus did this to his disciples. He came and said, peace be with you. I mean, it's a great Anglican greeting. And my Anglican roots are coming back. Peace be with you and also with you. You know, but it is like this was the the commissioning of Jesus because he sent his disciples out. He did it to his disciples. He said, I mean, I said it about three or four times just in that one paragraph. Peace be with you. Peace, 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 peace. And then he commissions his disciples. He gets the 72 together and says, go out. Okay, we can read this bit. Um, Can we? Maybe. He sent the 72 out. Anyway, I've got it in there somewhere. Um, And he says, when you go into the different towns, go, go up to a house, and the first thing you do is kind of knock on the door and say, peace be with you. That was, that was the word that he gave to them. And he said, if there is a son of peace, or if your peace remains with them, if it's received, go in and have some dinner with them. Relax. Chill. Get to know them. Have fellowship. Stay with them. Then, if there's any sick amongst them, heal them. Okay, sounds a bit more tricky. Then you can tell them, look, the kingdom of God has come near you. I think it's amazing, you know, all the different ways that we've tried to demonstrate the kingdom to people or tell people the good news or evangelize or, or whatever you want to call it. We come and try and sort of ram scriptures down people's throats and everything when they don't want to hear it. Whereas Jesus' way was to say, just go up, bless people, peace be with you, peace. You know, this is, this is a wonderful thing. And I think, you know, maybe as a prayer strategy, it's a little bit like the house, local houses of prayer, isn't it? How that uh, Roy Godwin and the guys at Felder Brennan have, uh, you know, brought up this idea of consistently blessing the houses around you, your neighbours to the left, to the right, across the road, people that you meet in the street, peace be with you. Praying the peace of God upon them and blessing them and where that peace remains, something begins to resonate and you, you get this little kind of spark or something happens or you get mail delivered to the wrong address or something and you can go over and talk. Then you can begil- build a relationship with them. You know, it's not about storming in there, pounding the door down and saying, you've got to be saved, turn or burn, you know, all of this sort of stuff. That's not the way he said do it. Go and eat with them. If there's sick amongst them, heal the sick. Then you can tell them, look, this is what's just happened to you. (laughs) The kingdom of God has come near. But it all starts out with peace be with you, peace. I remember when Ian Andrews was here. Uh, Do you remember that? He came for that healing weekend, amazing guy. Um, But he mentioned how they'd been having an amazing sort of results with praying for autistic kids um, uh, with kind of quite severe behavioural problems by praying the peace of God upon them. It kind of stuck with me. Rather than praying for them to be healed or delivered or whatever, he just began to pray the peace of God upon them and seeing 
remarkable changes beginning to happen. And I thought, my goodness, this is it. There's something in this. There's something in the peace of God that is more than we understand, more than we know. Um, just to jump forward a little bit, the, you know, peace, there's a word in Hebrew, isn't there, for peace, shalom. And it was often the greeting that, that kind of uh, Jewish people would say to each other, shalom. It, it, and it just means peace. That's what it means. That's how it's translated peace. But when you actually look at it in the Bible as to what it means, it means a whole lot more than just peace. So I just Googled this in the middle of the worship. Apologies for not concentrating, but the thought came to me. But according to Strong's Concordance, number 7965, very useful, shalom means completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. Whoa, that's more than just peace, isn't it? I think I should read those again. (laughs) Shalom means completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. I think that's amazing. It sounds to me a little bit like, you know, when we were talking and said, how the gospel in itself is very, very simple in, in essence that God created man in the garden in shalom, in health, in prosperity, in peace, in relationship with the Father, relationship with each other, not a care in the world. That's how it was created. Now, man lost that through taking the wrong choice, through going his own way for sinning falling short of the glory of God and as such lost some of that shalom. But the good news is Jesus came and shed his blood on the cross in order that we can get that back, that shalom. And it is so much more than I'll fly away one day and be with him in glory. It is all of those things. It is wholeness, health, peace, Welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. So when the Jewish people were going and saying shalom to each other, that's what they were saying. They were proclaiming a blessing upon one another to see the fullness of everything that God intended for mankind every time they met and they spoke those blessings upon each other. It's good stuff. I, you know, one of the, seriously, there are so many occurrences of peace in the New Testament. I I couldn't include them all in. I mean, it would have been going on for hours and hours and hours. There are just so many, but one of the obvious ones at the moment, for me, is, is ones that we've heard about a little bit, which is how Jesus tells his disciples to kind of go across to the other side, doesn't he, on the lake, in the boat. And um, um, Yeah, so Mark 4.35, let's just read this bit of story. On the same day, 
when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat on this occasion. There are many occasions when Jesus sends them off in a boat, is there not? You would think they would have learned and stopped sailing with Jesus because it gets very dangerous every time they do it. On this occasion, he is in the boat. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling up. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you had no faith? And they, they were amazed, of course. Even the wind and the waves obey his commands. You know, and we've, we've been learning in this, this whole process. Barney brought it to us um, the other evening about this, this whole idea that kind of nothing is impossible with God, you know, uh, that when he says, go to the other side it is fully possible to go to the other side, okay? And as such, once he has said that, once he has commissioned you with a word, go to the other side, everything else must come into subjection to what he has just told you to do, okay? So he says, go to the other side, and the windstorm blows up. Well, peace be still. Sounds like they're having great fun in there. (laughs) But I think it's just... Amazing, and, uh, and we've heard before, haven't we, about how you know Jesus was at complete peace in that situation, so much so that he was fast asleep in the bottom of the boat, even though it was probably a bit wet and stormy and all of that sort of stuff. But, and we've heard it said that probably the reason that he could sleep is because there was no storm where he dwelt, because he was so much in touch with the kingdom of heaven, that other kingdom that we stand on the threshold of, as we spoke about the other week, um, that he could see there was no storm there. And when he woke up, he was able to look into the the kingdom where he lived, where his spirit lived, and there was no storm. And from that, impart peace into the circumstances around and bring the physical circumstances in line with the place where he was living in the spiritual realm. And so peace... Be still. Peace. Actually, I was looking where that word came from. Nothing is impossible with God. And actually, it's another Christmas scripture. Can you believe it? Luke 1, 35. It's when the angel Gabriel had come to Mary and said, Listen, Mary, things are going to take a turn for you. You're going to become pregnant and you're going to have a child and you're going to call him Jesus. And and Mary says, how can this be? That's not possible because I'm not even married and I'm a virgin and it just can't happen. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so so, uh, so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has already become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, 
but she has conceived a son and now is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And sure enough, I delved in with old Strong's Concordance again. And it is no word of God. It's no rhema. It shall be impossible. does not contain the power within the word that was released in that rhema. So when he says, you will have a baby, it contains the power to make it happen within the word itself. And so when... The angel said to Mary, you're going to have a baby. I think conception happened at that moment. The word came forth. Mary believed it and it came about in her body. So here we are. You know, God has spoken to us. God has said a number of different things over the years. And we are so wonderfully blessed with the word of God amongst us where he has spoken prophetically to us, he has given us promises, he has given us direct instruction, I believe, with the, you know, the, the project down here. So if he has said it and released it, then it contains the power within it to accomplish that which it was sent for. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It will accomplish everything. So the word will accomplish everything that it was sent to do. That kind of backs up that whole thing, doesn't it? That it contains the power to do it. So, okay, let's look just a little bit at perhaps some of the things that people are going through this, that where this anxiety, where this fear, where this disappointment, whatever it is. You know, a lack of peace is anxiety, isn't it? I, I, I guess. I mean, just kind of opposites. Nothing clever there. Um, but why, why do we get anxious? Why, why do we sort of get worried like that? Why do we... Uh, and my conclusion, I, I, you know, sometimes I do have these moments where I wake up in the middle of the night and this little thought pops in, and it always seems to be ten times worse than if you had it during the day, uh, because it's dark, and you don't want to be making a noise and all of that sort of stuff. But the, the, my only reason for getting anxious is because I don't trust him. Sorry to say, but it's the truth, actually, that our reason for being anxious is because we don't trust him to do what we believe he can do. And it, it comes a little bit, I think, from that orphan spirit, doesn't it? It's that thing which says, actually, I've got to do it. I'm alone. I've been abandoned. If, if I don't do it, no one will do it. You know, And it's, it's that whole thing. If we can position ourselves with the Father, when he said, hey, how about doing this? Then he knows it must be possible and he's going to do it with us. So, okay, so another Christmas scripture. I do apologize, this has not happened, but Isaiah 7.14. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is the blessing of peace, that actually God is with us. And actually, he is with us now. His presence is here. It is wonderful. 
I was, you know, when we came into prayer this morning, and we're, we're kind of everyone's a little bit kind of raggy from being at a wedding last night, so a bit bleary-eyed and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, but I just kind of shut my eyes and I said, Father, what are we doing today? And His presence just came, and it, it's it's easy. It really is easy as soon as we, as Bill says, turn our affections towards him. He's there. He's just there. He's always there with us. It's just a matter of fixing our focus. God is with us. And Jesus, when he was talking about some of the things he had to go through and he had to face on his journey to the cross, he said, um, you know, I, I'm not afraid uh, because I'm not alone. He says, yeah, John 16:33. yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many troubles and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome them. So, the key to receiving peace is trust. And I think the question that we would ask ourselves is, do we trust God? Do we trust God? Do we believe that God is God? Do we believe that he is able to do the things that the book says about him? That is the key that helps us to receive that peace. Isaiah 26. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. That's a wonderful picture of him being a rock, just a firm rock that you can fix your feet on and it ain't going nowhere. Everything around you can be moving, but he stays firm. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body, strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the very past of every, 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 the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. You know, peace really is that place of complete surrender it, it's that that's what trust is when you say okay i don't have to do this myself i'm not alone i'm not abandoned i've got a good dad who is here with me and doesn't want me to just do it by myself he really does not want me to do it by myself he wants to join in you've just got to put yourself in the shoes of how would you be with your own kids you want to help them, don't you? You want to be involved. You want to... I mean, yeah, you're... you're sorry, Bryony. You're here, my object lesson. But, you know, you have to give them freedom to do what they want to do. But your heart is always to help in whatever way you can, to always pour out of whatever resource you have in order to facilitate things to happen. It's just how we're wired. It's in our very DNA to love our children, to look after them. You, you wouldn't wish your kids to go through a hard time thinking, that'll teach them a lesson, won't it? You know, let's trip them up. 
Let's like, you know, hit them with a big bill for all the years of rents that they owe. And <laughs> you wouldn't do it. You want to be generous and you want to bless. Well, that's the heart of our loving Father as well. And so in that, we, we can trust. So what to do? Well, my, my first to do was don't ignore the Sabbath, okay? I mean, not, I don't want to get religious about it, but your body needs rest. Actually, in all of the things that I'm doing with the building, with the business, with the church, actually, the most valuable thing I can do is to hear God and to get vision and to get clarity. And I cannot do that if I'm just doing jobs. I actually need space to dream. I need space to imagine and uh, see those things. So make sure that you build that in. Rest. Time to let your thoughts go in their own order, as I say. That's when you hear God. The next thing to do, as is Briony read out early, uh, Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. That is a command of the Scriptures, the New Testament. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, we're going to finish there. Um, Why don't we just stand? Yay, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I... I thank you so much for your word uh, to me. I mean, you, you know the sort of thing I've been going through and how sometimes I just get so busy that um, I can't, can't see clearly anymore and I end up with a whole load of things and I don't want to do any of them. So thank you for releasing your word to me. And I just want to pray for a wisdom and a strategy upon every person here to have that place where they can tune into your voice and really hear your, your little spontaneous thoughts that you're dropping into our hearts as we hear, because it brings such encouragement. So thank you for that, Lord, and I bless each person here to uh, have that same thing. Help us, Lord, to not assume the orphan position of saying, I've got to sort it out. If I don't sort it out, no one's going to sort it out. Help us to come to you at all times, knowing that you want to be involved. Help us not to worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. and Help us to tell you what we need and thank you for the things that you've done, knowing that that is the position where those keys can get unlocked. And Lord, let us experience, even over these next few days and uh, weeks or whatever, let us experience your peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, which the the world can't understand, because we have that peace in you from your presence with us and the assurance that you love us dearly. And now I, I just want to bless you And I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him.
And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Great job. Well done. Should we do clapping? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, that's it for today. Um, can I suggest, uh, as we're leaving, let's share peace with each other. Go and wish someone peace be with you. And you can do it in the traditional way with a handshake, but I have a suspicion it might work even better with a hug. Yeah, I think it just goes a bit deeper. Uh, but yeah. Uh, one last little announcement for you. I'm proud to announce the first annual Lighthouse Christmas Jumper Competition, which will be judged on Friday at the Christmas party. We'll have an adult category and a kids category. Onesies do count. <laughs> and there will be prizes for the winners. So have a great week. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully see you at the party. Don't forget to drop your cash off if you've bought tickets. And there's a few tickets left. And peace be with you all. Amen.